Today's guest has been a public school teacher for 30 years. And most of the time, she's been an advocate for public school education. But as an insider, she has seen what has been going on in the schools. And yes, she has some major concerns now. Brenda will be joining us to share her insider's perspective and give mamas some important tools to keep their children safe. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carlitis, your host for the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast, like, share, do all those fun things you do with the podcast to tell your mama friends. Also, uh, if you have an idea or a topic for the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email me directly at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, that is podcast at momsforamerica.net. Super welcome to all the moms that will be joining us for the first time and uh, a great welcome to those that are joining us once again. Um, also, I want to enjoy and invite all of our moms that are listening to join us here at Moms for America. Moms like us are uniting all across our country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. That is what we're doing at Moms for America, and we want to invite you to join the movement. So please check us out at momsforamerica.us. Again, that is momsforamerica.us is our website. We would love to have you join this movement of some powerful mamas that are changing this country and saving our children. So today I want to build on the themes that we have at Moms for America, which is faith, family, and freedom. These are pillars at Moms for America, and they are also pillars of our great country. Yet when it comes to public education, right, it seems like parental rights are being negated and that the mom's voices are being silenced at their schools. Well, my guest today is Brenda Lebsack. Brenda has taught every age group in the public school system in California. Yes, I'm saying California, the battle zone out there. And she's been there for 30 years teaching. She's become very concerned about public education, and she started an incredible website that I want to tell you about right at the top of the show, Brenda4, that's the number 4kids.com, and Interfaith4, the number 4kids.com, to educate and unite parents concerning their rights in the state of California. Now, we're going to be talking about California, but as we know, it starts in California and then it comes through the country. So what we're seeing in California being released decades ago is now hitting throughout the country. So this is a very important conversation, and I want to go ahead and welcome Brenda to the Moms for America podcast. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you, Deb. It's good to be here. Oh, I yeah, I'm glad to have you. We met you, uh, I think we're trying to figure out if it was two years ago, you spoke at one of our, our conferences, our summits in California. We were blown away about the information that you have, the passion, um, just the, the whole overall mission of educating moms in California. And again, you know, I don't want moms to tune out and say, well, this is California. What we see, it comes to, starts in California and it works its way, unfortunately, through the country. So first of all, Brenda, tell us a little bit about your family. We want to welcome you with a special welcome to our podcast. Thank you. 
Um, like you said, I've been in education for 30 years. Part of that was teaching in Nevada, Las Vegas for eight years. Um, and I've taught English and adapted PE, um, special education, general education, alternative education. Um, and my husband is a pastor, a Nazarene pastor. We've been in ministry for 30 years, married 34 years. We have two adult children, um, one grandchild and one on the way. Oh, congratulations, Grandma. I heard that that is something else when you become a grandma. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And I also um, started an organization called the Interfaith Statewide Coalition with, um, in order to increase our voices of many religious groups. So I'm working with rabbis, um, imams, Catholic clergy, um, Protestant, you know, we're trying to increase di and diverse races and language groups, Korean, um, Chinese, et cetera. Wow. Well, I can't wait to have this discussion with you. And I know that our moms are going to be extremely informed and it's, it's a little bit of a heavy topic because it's unfortunate, but it's what we need to know and it's how we're going to make a change. It's how we're going to really save our kids and help them through this journey of education, right? We would never think that in the days gone past, we'd have to worry about our kids in the educational system. But when did you see, you were always a strong advocate for public education from what I understand. When did this change and why? Well, after my kids, you know, were out of the house and grown, um, I thought, you know, I've been a union member for a long time, but I've never attended a conference. I've never been involved in my union um, because I was always like most moms, very involved in my community, involved in my church, involved in my work, but not in my union that was making a lot of decisions um, for us, you know, mm -hmm. on our behalf. And so I started um, looking into the conferences and noticed even the conference titles um, didn't deal with academics. They were all dealing with LGBTQ, um, human rights, social justice. So that was a red flag. So I attended, I started attending conferences and the things that I heard at these conferences, I was just blown away. And this was several years ago. Um, and so do you want me to share one of the stories? Right. Well, let's talk about this. You told us about in 2016, you were at a teacher's conference or a conference for teachers. I'm not sure what the title was, but you were, um, you asked about responding to a Mormon student who believed that marriage should be between a was between a man and a woman and that gender to God was ordained. And you were told some pretty interesting information and some words of advice on how to handle a student that would have this kind of question. What did they tell you? Yes, I asked the um, California Teachers Association lobbyist, it, how should I address this in order to respect the diversity of my class. Um, and his answer to me was, if a student says this, that they believe these ways, to treat the student as though he said, um, black people should be burned to the stake. And I was shocked. So I, I had some other teachers, um, I told them to come with me to the next conference because I couldn't believe my ears and I needed a witness so that we could document this hate speech. Um, and find out if is this what a lot of our leaders believe who are in the teachers union and we attended a workshop together um, by the LGBT caucus president of California and I brought up this conversation with the lobbyist and asked him his thoughts and he agreed with it and he there were agreed. about 40 teachers in that workshop um, at it, this was an LGBTQ conference um, and I believe it was 2016 
uh, something like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he agreed with it. And there were no gasps in the room. And I'm just like, I felt like I landed on another planet. Right. This was before um, critical race theory started coming in and all of these other, you know, very um, controversial subjects. So I got a red flag and a heads up a while ago. Plus in 2017, um, because I received the magazines from my teachers union, I was reading, I read an article in March 2017 saying that um, gender was a spectrum and there were many genders. Transgender was just one of many. And there were many pronouns. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Um, so you saw this in 2017, which now is in full blast all across the country. That's correct. Do you think, I just want to stop here for one minute, Brenda. Do you think that the teachers really embrace this? Do they think that, do you think that they agree with this? I, I just find this hard to believe that such outrageous statements is adopted. Or do they go along to get along? What do you think? Well, um, let me back up for one second. I forgot to mention that I was a school board member for four years from 2016 to 2020. And that's very important because um, that's where I became engaged in policy and law and learned how these things are coming down the pike. Um, So your question was, do teachers go along with this? For one, I think a lot of teachers um, are kind of, a lot of teachers are just starting to find out what their teachers union really believes and what they're pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of teachers say they're not political, so they don't want to get involved in that. And they keep them happy by buttering their palms with increased raises and increased benefits. So it's almost like hush money. You know, let's just keep you happy with your your benefits and your raises and your perks um, so that you don't worry about all of this legislation that we are passing on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe they're just looking, like you're saying, looking the other way. But then the more they look the other way, the more they're forced to teach this. So, you know, I mean, it's a crazy uh, way of handling it. But let's talk about this conference you were just at. So we talked about 2016, 2017. Now, from what I understand, you're on the just just coming back from a conference um, here in Chicago, which is where I happen to be. And uh, what were you hearing at this one was the NEU conference? This is the NEA conference. The NEA, National I'm Education. sorry, not NEU, NEA. Yeah. The National Educators Association. So it's okay. the nationwide teachers union um, that many, many teachers are in. Um, and I was blown away. It was my first time um, being a delegate. And that means I was able to look at the policies that and the business items legislation that they want to pass um, federally and also look at... Um, be a voter on that and and be able to be part of the debate, which I was able to speak about four or five times on the Mm. platform virtually. I was a virtual attendee. Um, But let me tell you what I I felt like I landed on another planet because um, most of another planet from the other planet you were on (laughs) before. I mean, Uh, right. It just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, Basically, I would say 90% of the legislation and the things that they're emphasizing has to do with identity politics, whether it be based on skin color, um, where, where you came from, or your LGBT, your, your gender identity, or your sexual identity. Um, that Identity was most, politics. Totally, yeah. Okay, um, moms, write not, that down in your brain, because that's, that, that's it right there. 
Yeah, it was not about academics as far as let's teach our kids how to read, write, and do arithmetic. It's more about let's teach our kids how to become social justice warriors um, and all these identities. Um, I And every single speaker, when they came to, I did three days of this, by the way. Every time they came to the microphone to speak, they always said their name and they said their pronouns. This is very important because this is a mind conditioning and this is what they're going to be pushing. Now, remember, this is every state. This is not just California. So these teachers are representing every state in the nation. And moms, you need to know, do not put up with this pronoun mumbo jumbo. This is a stepping stone to acquiesce and to um, bow your knee to this Mm -hmm. unlimited gender identity. And Mm -hmm. it's basically saying that you're going along with it. So whenever Mm -hmm. you see a teacher's name, if she signs off in an email with her, the name and pronouns, even if it's she, her, hers, or he, him, his, um, they are either part of the social justice movement or Mm -hmm. they're followers and they just go along to get along. So they'll just do what they're told. But this reminds me of when you, when you just said that reminds me of the fact when we say that marijuana is a gateway drug, this pronoun it, it, it is a gateway. It's a bridge. It's oh, yeah. taking us somewhere. There's an agenda. Oh, absolutely. And they want kids to go ahead and, and they want them to identify with their pronouns. Moms get creative with this. You know, you need to, you need to warn your kids and, and, and let them know ahead of time. Um, and let me just, I want to give parents some ways to talk to their kids. One way I talk to um, kids or adolescents is when I say, you know, they're trying to say that this is based on objective science. You need to tell them if this was objective science, then sciences would align across the board, right? Mm-hmm. And forensic is a science. Forensic science where you have investigators um, looking at crimes in order to find um, truth with suspects. I said, I asked some forensic scientists who have been in the field for decades. I said, in all your years, when you have um, been looking at suspects and you look at the blood, um, you know, evidence. Have you ever run across a non-binary individual or a transgender individual when you look at the DNA? They say no, because it doesn't exist. Because it's perception. It's the way someone thinks they are. It is not based on their DNA. No amount of surgeries or hormone therapy can change someone's DNA. So I just want to make sure, is there anything else that we can be looking, uh, be aware of that you heard at this conference? So the pronouns are a big push, the identity, the uh, identity politics. Anything else, uh, Brenda, that was shocking before we move away from that conference? Um, Just how they are demonizing anyone who doesn't go along with this um, under the guise of white supremacy, um, Christians are definitely being demonized um, as, and, and you do need to know under critical race theory that, I mean, if you're not familiar with it, that, you know, we have oppressors and, and those that are privileged. And so they're incentivizing kids to be um, identified as non-conforming genders because cisgenders or biological genders are considered um, privileged oppressors, mm. Okay. So non-conforming genders are considered, you know, the oppressed and the minorities. Right. And, and so it's interesting too in the flag. So 
you've got all these different flags of different um, either gender or sexual identities. And they were flying lots of different flags, um, you know, even if it was on the mask that they were wearing. So with these colors, do you know what the color is of if you're identify as your biological gender or heterosexual? Do you know what that flag is? No. Black and white stripes. Pretty boring, huh? Hmm. Just black and white stripes meaning binary. <laughs> and meaning archaic. I can't keep up with this. I, I honestly cannot keep up with this. So it is, if you it's, think and, about and, it, and I mean, I'm talking about this every week. I still can't keep up with it. <laughs> this is a psychological strategy because <laughs> to show kids that, oh, if your identity is the black and white flag, then you're really boring. You're not colorful. You're not mm -hmm. unique. You're not, you're just really drab right. and boring. Wow, okay. Well, there we go. Something else for moms to be aware of. Why is, I mean, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but this gender fluidity education, this confusion, um, that they're pushing. I mean, obviously they're dividing the races. They're talking about the oppressed, the oppressor. And this gender issue is just so big right now. Why is this, why is the educational system decided to pick up this, this ball and not just, I mean, just shove it down the line? Why, why do you think so? Why do you think this is, okay. is becoming so aggressive? Well, Debbie, is it Debbie or Deb? <laughs> Debbie or Deb? Debbie, okay, Deb. both. Just okay. don't, you know, Deb, okay. Debbie, doesn't matter. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Deb, um, if you want me to be totally honest, um, I, I don't do. talk about this very much, but when I was a board member, um, the last conference that I attended with 5,000 school board members in California, in San Diego, um, December 2019, our keynote speaker was Machio Kaku. And this is the book that he wrote that he did a book signing for. It's called The Future of Humanity. And at the time it went over my head, I didn't, and I think it went over a lot of school board members heads because he was very um, humorous in the way he addressed this issue. But basically after COVID, I ordered the book and read it. And a lot of it is about transhumanism. It is about meshing um, artificial intelligence with our biology. And I know that might sound um, like a conspiracy theory. However, I'm reading it and I was told this at a school board members conference. So when I wonder how are these bizarre teachings of unlimited gender choices, why are they shoving this down our throats? Mm -hmm. It's because it is, I believe, a gateway to what they wanna bring in. And as he explains it, it is um, the process of our human evolution but understand it is being artificially derived wow. um, by them. And, you know, who, who are them? I think it's the, you know, these, these elitists that are pushing this on us right. um, with our high-tech things that are going on. I want to share with you some of these books in my school, but it's okay. not only in Tip my school. Tip that down so we can see that and tell us the title. No, no, that's okay. Yeah. And tell us the title of it and the author. Okay. Okay. This is, it feels good to be yourself by uh, Teresa Thorne. And there's another book here. It says. So these are books at the school that yes. the schools are carrying in their library. They're asking kids to read. They're doing summer reading programs on a lot of these. Yes. Yes. Um, and this one is What Are Your Words um, by okay, Catherine Locke. What are your words? 
Now, these are already in my school libraries, elementary, and they are across the nation. I just visited Waco, Texas um, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and it's in their public libraries. Waco, Texas is probably one of the most conservative areas in our nation, and they're getting in our public libraries. But so, what are in these? But what's in these well, books? Let me, let me tell you what it says in these books. It says that your, your gender changes like the weather and is based on your feelings. And there are infinite pronouns that can fluctuate based on how you feel. Crazy. Yes, yeah. that's very crazy. And they are, the reason they are bypassing adults and parents is because they know that, you know, we, we are in the adult stage so we can see this as crazy, but right. children are imaginative, trusting, impressionable. For they sure. can't see it that way. And no. so they are engaging this indoctrination for the youngest children so mm -hmm. that they can engage in their imaginations. And that's why you see these shirts, preschool shirts that say, um, in a world where you can be anything, be kind, anything, truly. Um, one of the preschool books here says that you can- um, What's that called? They, she, he, me, free to be. Yep. And it is by Maya and Matthew. It's mm -hmm. part of the human rights campaign, welcoming schools for inclusion. And it says in here that there are pronouns such as tree and they can make up their own pronouns based on how they feel. Wow. I, I remember years ago when someone said to me, they're gonna go right down to kindergarten and preschool and they're gonna just start indoctrinating them and, and destroying their, their gender and, and, and conditioning them. And I thought, wow, isn't that gonna be it, crazy if they do such a horrible thing? And here well, we are. It's part of the universal preschool program under Biden that he's pushing. It's part of the master plan and it's on my website. If you look at um, the National Association of Educating Young Children, A-E-N-A-E-Y-C, um, I show the document that says that they wanna teach gender identity defined as expansive and fluid viewed by science. Now, you might say, how can they say viewed by science? Um, well, if you look also at the 2020 sex ed standards on my website, brendaforkids.com, the number four, you'll see that they change the definition of fact. Fact is, it says opinions mm -hmm. based on experts in the field and they choose what experts they wanna believe. Isn't this crazy that we have to change the definition of what the word fact means? Is that, yes. is that how I'm understanding this from you? That's correct. A maddening. All right, let's, let's, I wanna keep moving here because there's so much I still wanna talk with you about. Okay. Um, comprehensive sex ed, we know that this is the umbrella well, there's a couple umbrellas, but it is where we're teaching kids a lot of this uh, this programming, I'm gonna call it. Um, and a lot of this sex ed is connects us to websites. I wanna get to the websites because I think this is really a lot of the danger. Now we talked about the books, the books are in our schools, terrible. Um, we've gotta be aware of them, we've gotta look at them and you have a list, we have a list on our website. But a lot of this is going kind of behind the parents. It's connecting them to websites that is explicit material, pornographic discussions, 
gender advice that is off the wall. And a lot of it is like, hey, kids, you don't have to listen to your parents because they're not going to understand. But I'll give you gender advice. I'll show you the way. And they are really just sidestepping parents. So I want to talk about these sites and how they're connected. The school is connecting them to our children. Would you talk about this for us? This is key because, as you know, after COVID, we had a ton of federal funding come in for mental health. And yes, yes. there has been a mental health crisis. However, um, these are corrupt uh, mental health links. Okay. And I don't want to overwhelm parents right now. Hold on parents. Just hold on. You're going to be overwhelmed by some of this information on the amount of deception and betrayal that's going on, yeah. but um, there is hope. And I want to give that to you in a minute, but um, these mental health lines, such as the national suicide hotline, uh, I've been testing them all out because they're in our student bathrooms. They're on our student hallways. Right. All they're on these, the posters. They're well, on in the... my district. They are. And my yeah. district is high immigrant, 98% Hispanic. So I think they really target those districts because they know the parents, many are not, you know, not documented, um, you know, they're immigrants. And so they won't push back. Um, but yeah. I tested go. out a lot of these and I tried to use the text that they were giving to these students um, so I could have things in writing. And what I would do is say, um, I'm scared about puberty. I'm unsure of my gender. What should I do? And every time they would send me to the Trevor Project, which would okay. also send me to the Trevor Space. Trevor Space is a chat space where they are um, mixing kids with adults, unvetted adults, to discuss and discover and explore their genders and sexualities. Um, mixing them with, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. I went in and, and checked it out for myself. They have these chat clubs like uh, the Non-Binary Pals, the Furries Club, the Regression Club, the Gay Men's Club that says, let's talk about boys. Um, the Gay Men's Club, this is a site that's being referred to on the posters that are in the schools, in the junior high. Again, it's shocking, oh, but we've in, got to know about in this. In elementary school, in my in school, elementary kindergarten. It's in the kindergarten bathrooms on eye level. Mm -hmm. So we're pushing um, them towards these websites as answers, folks, as answers. Yes, this is the place, if you don't have anyone to talk to, you can find someone to talk to who will understand because we care. It's always under the umbrella of we care and kindness. Right. Suicide prevention or anti-bully. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, and I even in the National Suicide Hotline, they sent me a survey that's, that gave me like 10 genders to choose from and said, click which genders apply. And then said I could make up my own gender if one was on there that didn't apply to me. So just know that even the National Suicide Hotline is being used as a place of indoctrination because they're actually violating laws because one of our ed codes is that you cannot survey kids, um, minors, without yes. parent permission or notification yes. when it has to do with um, sexual practices or anything to have to do with their families. And they are doing that. They are surveying right. these kids. Yeah, they surveyed my son. We took him out of school after that. That was at... Um, they said that they sent a notification with they did. But, you know, to our parents, if they send an email saying we're going to survey your children about their sexuality or diversity or inclusion or whatever, all these, you know, words that they're using, mm -hmm. if you don't get a chance to see that email, that, that survey is going into the kid's box and it went in our sons, too, and it caused an uproar here in the suburbs of, of Chicago. Um, oh, so, yeah, that's because they say opt out instead of opt in and opt out yeah. means that you have to provide something in writing, but you might miss the notification. Sure. If you miss the notification, well, 
so sad, too bad, you know, um, that's why people have to be proactive and sign something, which they can go to um, protect our kids website, I have a resource um, page on my website of other sites they can go to for legal advice and also for forms and documents that they can provide to their school districts ahead of time before school starts. Mm -hmm. Right. So parents, you can get documentation to bring to your school, to opt your children out, to discuss this with the school um, so your children do not have to be exposed to it. The problem is, as we know, that it runs, it's a thread. It's, it's, it's like through the tapestry, it's through the fabric of the school, because like Brenda just said, this is what they're pushing with the, the teachers and then the teachers are bringing it into the schoolroom, and it really is, it, it is a big battle. But before we get to some of the answers, Brenda, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Chloe Cole, um, because now we've talked about this, the books being in the school, um, the teachers, the education, but um, this, this ideology, um, the sexual fluidity, uh, mm -hmm. this gender confusion is, is not only being pushed in the schools, but it is being pushed legislat legislatively. Um, yeah. So I want to go ahead and talk about SB 107, and I'd like to hear um, a clip. We're going to roll this in and then we'll talk about it from Chloe Cole, a California teen that talked about her experience with gender affirming care. This is her testimony. Let's go ahead and listen to this and then I'd like to have you make a comment on that. My name is Chloe Cole and I am a 17 year old detransitioner from the Central Valley. I was medically transitioned from ages 13 to 16. My parents took me to a therapist who affirmed my male identity and the therapist did not care about causality or encouraged me to learn to be comfortable in my body. He brushed off my parents' concerns about the efficacy of hormones, puberty blockers, and surgeries. My parents were given the threat of suicide as a reason to move me forward in my transition. My endocrinologist, after two to three appointments, put me on puberty blockers and injectable testosterone. At age 15, I asked to remove my breasts. My therapist continued to affirm my transition. I attended a top surgery class that was filled with around 12 girls that thought were, they were men, most were my age or younger. None of us were going to be men. We were fleeing from the uncomfortable feeling of becoming women. I was unknowingly physically cutting off my true self from my body, irreversibly and painfully. Our trans identities were not questioned. I went through with surgery. Despite having therapists and attending the top surgery class, I really didn't understand all the ramifications of any of the medical decisions I was making. I wasn't capable of understanding and it was downplayed consistently. My parents, on the other hand, were pressured to continue my so-called gender journey with a suicide threat. I will never be able to breastfeed a child. I have blood clots in my urine. I am unable to fully empty my bladder. I do not yet know if I am capable of carrying a child to full term. In fact, even the doctors who put me on puberty blockers and testosterone do not know. SB 107 is circumventing state's laws that have needed safeguards in place so my story is not repeated. Children cannot consent. Vote no on SB 107. So Brenda, we just heard this powerful testimony from Chloe um, about this legislation. It's this legislation is happening in California, but legislation like this is being, is being touted all across the country. Comments on that for us. Well, I will say in January 2020, the California Teachers Association passed a policy. Now, when they pass a policy, that means it's going to go forward in legislation and not too long. So the policy they passed was that um, for the sake of, of course, equity, that kids should be have access to gender affirming care, which basically means puberty blockers and hormone therapy without parent consent 
or knowledge or yeah. And, and so basically without parent permission. Mm -hmm. So now we're seeing things coming out more and more in California, such as um, usurping parental rights mm -hmm. by saying, you know, kids should be able to access this gender affirming care through their, either through their parents' insurance um, without parents knowing it or whatever it is, even if it's gender affirming counseling mm -hmm. without parents knowing. And, and, and this story was just heartbreaking to hear. Oh, absolutely heartbreaking because what's going on is the and this, this isn't just this, this student. I oh. mean, this student is speaking on behalf of, I would say hundreds very, of thousands of kids that are now looking brave. back and going, yes. what the heck happened to me? Yes, yes, because they're pushing this as the cure-all for gender dysphoria. What they're doing is they're creating the problem, okay, through these books that right. I just showed you. They are confusing kids intentionally yeah. um, about their gender. The Q in LGBTQ means queer or questioning. So as soon as a child says they're unsure of their gender, they're in the Q. They're LGBTQ. Right. Um, and that means they can access all of the mental health resources that are available for LGBTQ students without parent knowledge. I've and never, I didn't think about that with the queer, with the questioning, but very interesting because of their master of words, mm -hmm. right? The left progressives, they're just, they're masters at this and, you know, they'll, they'll take it and redefine it again. And now all of a sudden who we never heard of questioning as, as Q before, but of course now it makes sense. What, what can parents do? Let's get to some, some conclusions here, some help, some uh, words of advice from you. I know you're probably going to say, take your kids out of public school but every mom can't take their kids out of public school. So what do we do, Brenda? Well, I'm assuming that we're probably talking to a lot of parents of faith. And I'm going to say that is your greatest anchor right there is your faith, because right. um, we have to battle this. This is bigger than us. And we yes. have to remember um, what, no matter what faith you are, um, we do know that we, we serve a big God and over and over again, we have examples given to us of people who were fishermen, people who were the nobodies that were the world changers. And so mm. we might think we're so insignificant. And I battle those feelings all the time of inadequacy. I'm an adaptive PE teacher. I'm not even a school board member anymore. Okay. And I think, who am I? But yet just yesterday um, and the day before I was able to, God opened a door for me to, to speak before Vice President Kamala Harris came on the stage. I was the last person to speak in that microphone and to, to be that grain of truth. And he can take our little tiny actions of faith and he can make them very big. He took the little boys, you know, fish and loaves and fed 5,000. So sure that's what we have to pray. And, and I have to tell you, I might have some answers and I have resources on my website because knowledge is power. So you have to go out there and, and take these ways that they're betraying people and, and parents and use this knowledge to your benefit because a lot of teachers are being betrayed and a lot of school board members don't know the full truth. Um, and I will tell you the big truth is in definitions. And that's where I always come where I say, you're saying LGBTQ, but you're not defining your terms. So mm. utilize the 2020 sex ed standards where they have a glossary of terms where it says, and I give that to you on my website, um, the transgender, they changed the definition to mean an umbrella term of many identities that are expansive and evolving, okay? So mm. that is a Pandora's box. That's like giving our schools a blank check of ideologies, mm -hmm. right? And 
Queer is also defined as an umbrella term to encompass many evolving and expansive identities. Well, here's the deal. The, the plus on the end of that acronym is pedophilia is not exempt. And even though I have requested multiple times from the California Department of Ed, for it's in our ethnic studies um, model curriculum, it's in our health framework model curriculum, I have requested from them, please include one sentence to exempt pedophilia as a future sexual exempt identity. pedophilia. They yes. won't do it. They, they will do not it. do it. And it's, there's a reason they won't do it. And it's because um, the well, center- that's coming. The set, oh, we're right there. We're, yeah. we're on the brink because the Center of Disease Control also endorses um, the word non-binary as they define it as gender creative, meaning kids can make up their own genders, okay? And they, um, the CDC uh, funded the um, Advocates for Youth, which wrote the 2020 sex ed standards, which many states are using, that right. says that under sexual consent, that consent is a fundamental right for people of all ages, all ages. Yeah. That and, is and, right. We've got it. And, and people, I, I think mobs or, or parents or just general society doesn't think all oh, people, that doesn't mean children, does it? Mm. Of course it does. Of course it, says it does. all it's, ages. Well, it, they right. say all ages. Right. It, you just don't go there in your mind. Exactly. You, you, you just don't go there in your mind. It's just, it's so horrendous to, to discuss. So on your website, I go, I want to we'll close with uh, your website again, that has a lot of information. Uh, it's Brenda for, that's the number four kids.com and interfaith for kids.com. A lot of information, a lot of uh, tools, a lot of uh, proactive uh, ways that you can opt your kids out, protect your children, keep them safe in the public school system, what you can do as a parent, right? And what is going on in today's culture is all on your website. Thank you, Brenda, so much. Thank you. We so appreciate what you're doing and the fight that you're fighting. And we're right there and right there in the, the battle with you. So can thank I you have for one thing, Deb? Sure, go ahead. That puberty blockers are not FDA approved for the purpose of sex changes. <sighs> Parents need to know that. They need to know that. Because yes. they're getting inundated with all this information. Yes. Yeah. And they need, I have some detransitioners, um, their testimonies on my website as well. And I will okay. be adding more because they're getting courageous and brave um, to start stepping out and saying the kind of, the kind of abuse and, and health disparities and infertility and sterilization that they're going through right now. Right. All right. Well, thanks, Brenda, so much for chatting with us. Again, please visit her website, get all that information on there. We have a lot of links uh, on our website, too. And I want to close out and just say uh, I want to remind all of our moms here not only to visit Brenda's website, but also to visit our website at momsforamerica.us. Check out all of our resources, our events, our programs. We discuss topics like this. We are a resource for you moms because we want to help you raise strong children that love God, love family, love country. Um, also check out our signature program, which is a cottage meeting. These 12 lessons will inspire and educate you about America's amazing heritage. So you can share the principles of liberty in your home and in your community. This program, along with so many other things on our website, will help you impact your family in a very, very powerful way. We say from parental rights to public policy, 
Moms for America has it all. So lastly, uh, we want to invite you to sign up for our weekly newsletter. This will help you get educated on issues that relate to you as a mom, just like today's topic in discussion. Uh, you will engage with moms all across the country. Um, we say this every week, that liberty begins at home and that you moms are the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful. And we really believe that the moms are going to save our country as we defend our, ch our children and our home. Um, so go ahead, like and subscribe, share this with your mom friends. Join us next week for another inspiring, informative discussion with moms just like you. Thank you, Mama Brenda, uh, and all you're doing. Thanks to the moms for listening. We love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here with us. And again, let's keep changing our world one home at a time, and I'll see you next week.